welcome to It Starts With A Click. I'm Olivia Bossett, fashion photographer and educator, and this is a podcast for fashion photographers looking to build their business on their own terms. Hello everyone, how are you? I am really excited about this week's episode, and I know I say that every time, but this one is absolutely fantastic. I had the opportunity to speak to the lovely Lydia Collins, who, if you don't know, is a fashion photographer and influencer photographer based in London. She's also someone who travels a lot, and this episode is absolutely chock-a-block with knowledge. She was so kind and so open about her experiences as a photographer. Um, She gives loads of tips on how to get work whilst you're actually out traveling. She talks loads about how to get started with influencers, how to make models feel comfortable, how to have the confidence to start charging for your work. Like there is so much in this episode, I cannot tell you. I really encourage you to listen to the whole thing. She is such a wonderful person and I loved recording this. Um, Before we jump into the episode though, I wanted to remind you that if you enjoy listening to the show, a review on the Apple Podcasts app would be so, so, so helpful to me and the podcast. I absolutely love doing this podcast and I want more people like you listening to hear about it and to be able to learn from the content I'm sharing. So if you have a moment, please feel free to head to the Apple Podcasts app. You can scroll all the way down on the um, It Starts With A Click profile and you should see a leave a review section. And when you click that, you'll be able to leave a five-star review and write a little comment and stuff. And that really helps boost me in the Apple podcast charts and means that other people can find me as well. So thank you so much in advance. If you do do that, I will eternally be grateful. And now I'm going to let you listen to the episode with Lydia. Hi, Lydia. Hello. Thank you for having me on here. Oh, thanks for coming on. I'm so excited. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. How are you doing? Really good. Very, very good. It's been a stressful week, but in a good way. So that's okay. A back to work week. A back to work week. Exactly. (laughs) Can you tell everyone who may not know you a little bit about yourself? Yep. So I am a fashion and lifestyle photographer based in London, um, but Mm -hmm. I do also do a lot of travel. Um, I... I spend kind of three months of the year in Australia at the beginning of the year, mainly to escape the English winter, Um, but then spend the rest of my time in London shooting in London. Amazing. Oh, that sounds like the absolute dream. I've never been to Australia and I've wanted to go forever. Oh, you would love it, especially all (sighs) the like beach shoots that you do. You'd actually fall in love. It's amazing. I know. And it's funny because like all, most of the brands that I really want to shoot for are Australian. Oh, um, the so brands in just, Australia are just the best. All the clothing brands, they're just yeah. oh, beautiful. They have something. So I, I just know that I have to go out there eventually and yeah. probably just do like a big chunk of time and shoot oh, and go yes. and explore and then come back to the UK or Europe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, how did you first get into photography? So I could talk about this for ages. So I'm going to do a kind of long story short. I um, always kind of had a camera around the house. My dad always had um, DSLRs, but Mm -hmm. I kind of never knew how to use them properly. It was always pick it up and trial and error and hope Mm -hmm. for the best. 
Um, and then a bit of a weird one in secondary school. So in the UK, we have like uh, it's called secondary school and it's from the age of thir- 12, I think it is, to 16. Okay. Um, 13 to 16. And um, at the age of 15, so year 10, 14 to 15, we get to pick uh, four GCSEs mm-hmm. and that we take for two years and then obviously have um, an exam at the end. Mm-hmm. And in my in year 10, a photography course was introduced to my school, which was mm-hmm. pretty hun- unheard of. Like it was it was a creative school, but it was kind of obviously most secondary schools, you know, focused on the academic work yeah. rather than the artistic side. Yeah. Um, and it was introduced as a course and I was very art based. I always took art courses. Um, yeah, very, very art based. And I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. sounds like fun. I'm going to do it. Um, so took that and then took art. And I honestly had the most amazing teacher. So she had she had all the connections in London. So from the mm. age of 15, I was kind of exposed to all this networking wow. and kind of like, yeah, the way it works and stuff. And she, for example, she did a competition at the age of 15, 16 in year 10, 11, where our year could win either a we basically split into different groups and our year could win a um a Vivian Westwood catwalk tickets or a photo shoot with Rankin and at that time we were like okay what's going on so I felt like I was exposed to it for from a very young age Um, yeah took it through to college um did a foundation year with it so yeah studied for five years and then uh took it through to uni Um, and so did another two years at uni and yeah absolutely loved it uni was a very different that was kind of I felt like I was going back a bit because that was very arts based and it was less less kind of networking I went to UAL so University of Arts London the LCC campus um and I yeah I enjoyed it but I don't feel like I got as much from it as I was hoping but then Mm. you know you never really know and maybe I did pick up on a lot of things that have helped me along the way now so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's basically it and then I um after uni I spent about 15 months doing free shoots in London every single day and you know it's one of those things you look back on it now and I'm like I don't know how I did that yeah like I was working uh, I had a night shift in um, a pub and I I don't know how I did like a full day shooting for free then come back I would work in the pub until like 10 or 11 and then go back home and edit till about two and then the same thing the next day but I just had so much passion yeah Yeah, it really was and like I didn't I remember my parents being like you're gonna burn yourself out and I was like no no no, I'm just having like the best time ever Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) I feel like yeah although looking back I don't know how I did it it that to me was the most valuable thing I ever did was those 15 months and then how did you transition from working in the pub and shooting for free to going like making it your full-time job because that is the number one question that I get asked from people who are just starting out who really want to go full-time and they just can't Mm -hmm. see how it's possible yeah and it is I really feel for you whoever's in that position because I I mean we both you and me Olivia have both Mm -hmm. been in the same position and it is really hard to make that step but I think it gets to a point where you have to actually value your time and your work Yeah. And I think it started, well, I remember the first time I got asked how much I charged for a shoot and I was like, um, I've been doing it for free. So yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to give me, I'm happy with. Um, I basically started just getting um, my travel paid for because that for me was the most biggest expense. Yeah. 
Um, I, at the time, was living just outside of London. So every day it was costing me about 15 to 20 pounds to travel Mm -hmm. for shoots. And obviously doing free shoots, 20 quid a day, I was, you know, pocketing a lot of money like on into travel. So I started there and it was a very gradual process. I then obviously started getting asked how much I charge. And this point was where I thought, okay, so what I feel that's fair and what I feel comfortable with. I don't want to undercharge, but I don't want to overcharge. And I had no, no one to ask. I literally yeah. was like, I, I don't know who to ask for this because mm-hmm. the only photographers I knew of were people that were working in studios or yeah. people that were assisting other photographers. I didn't know anyone that was doing it freelance or working. At this time, I was shooting a lot with influencers just as this yeah. whole like influencer scene was kicking off. Yeah. So I, I literally had no one to ask and the influencers themselves were in the same position because they were mm-hmm. all still working and all still doing blogging on the side. So yeah. it was a very, I felt like we kind of transitioned in it together almost. Mm, that's um, nice. Yeah. And then I think I, I honestly hit it at a quite a good time because the brand started seeing the value in working with bloggers and influencers. So they yeah. kind of moved the money that they were putting into advertising before. So like big campaign shoots and billboards yeah. and all this advert, like TV stuff, they started maybe halving the, the money to that and then, and then trialing half the money to influencers and seeing yeah. how it was working. And um, obviously then the influencers could afford a photographer Um, and it was a really really nice thing for them um, because they were very used to having their photo taken by their brother their boyfriend Mm -hmm. their mum so then to have someone who knew what they were doing with a camera take their photos and tell them how to stand and position themselves and get those real good power shots it was yeah it was so lovely to see so yeah for for any kind of advice in doing that I think it's a a gradual process you definitely Mm -hmm. have to you have to graft because it's not just going to fall onto your lap. Like you really have to graft for it. But I think anything that you're passionate about is not going to feel like hard work. You're going to enjoy it along the way. Totally. Yeah, I completely agree. I think for me, it was just like one day I made the decision that I was no longer going to accept free work. Yeah. And, and it's not so much like I still shoot my own projects and I will collaborate with people very happily but if someone is starting a brand or a business and approaches me and asks me to shoot for them it's just not I'm not going to do that for free I'm just not and you have to at some point at some stage just make a decision and stick to it and that is it's it's literally a mindset shift of I am going to value my work and understand that I need to charge what I am gonna charge for and that yeah just that's the best way I can explain it is just exactly changing your mindset exactly and to know you know like you've got rent to pay you've got bills to Mm. pay like you your work is valuable to be paid for that's like absolutely well they're gonna make money out of your images exactly exactly 100% um I mean I still now and again do free shoots and collaborative shoots um but I kind of I would only do that if I, if say if there's a location I want to try out or a model I want to test with who I could see potential work with. I think there's a a very big value in that, that what you can get from from a test shoot or a a collaborative shoot is if both sides are getting something or Uh if I know that I work in a location and with a model, I know it's going to get me a brand work or then I can approach a brand with these images being like, I really like this concept. I think it would work really well with your brand. 
yeah. um, let's get a shoot booked in and see how it goes. I think there's a re- very big value in there. But yeah, 100%, yeah. if a brand's asking you to do a free shoot, it, you need to step up and be like, nope. <laughs> nope, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, not doing it. Um, so as you mentioned, you do loads of traveling for your work, or at least you were doing loads of traveling. We <laughs> yeah. are in the middle of a pandemic, if anyone's listening yeah. in the future. Um, was that always one of your goals? Yeah, so I have always been a huge lover of travel. Um, mm-hmm. Huge, huge. I, yeah, I feel like it's definitely a part of my lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people um I mean, I did go for a bit of a burnout last year where I, I basically just accepted too many travel jobs and it was hectic. It was mm. I was spent more time away than I did at home and oh. I was paying rent in London. So I was like, what am I doing? This is so yeah. expensive. Um, and yeah, so it kind of started by, um, I guess, when I went to Australia three years ago for a mm-hmm. um, I went on a trip with one of my best friends and we basically mm-hmm. just spent three months traveling around. Um, we actually were lucky that she's a travel blogger so we had some shoots to do some campaign shoots along the way so that kind of Mm. helped paid for the trip a little bit Um, and then when I was out there I was doing free shoots and test shoots with models in Australia and brands and stuff and basically expanding my portfolio to show that you know I can do swimwear shoots I can do things that aren't just street style in London because I felt like my name was although I love street style in London I felt like my name was kind of just being put to that and yeah I wanted to show other avenues that I could work down and Absolutely. I think it's very black and white as well you have to you have to think from brand's point of view and I kind of only realized this about a year ago but you can't expect them to see you working in a different way if there's not an image of that they, they can't 100% yeah. like that like is they, the number one thing I tell people is if you want to be booked for something you have to be able to demonstrate that you can do it first yeah 100% and like if if you know if you want to trial out swimwear do a test shoot get a mm-hmm. get some brand clothes on board do a swimwear shoot and then with those images you can showcase it on your portfolio so showcase it on Instagram yeah. your website Pinterest whatever you use yeah. or you're then you know be able to do I know you talk a lot about doing outreach stuff and you have your own yeah. um program with that where it helps mm-hmm. people outreaching to brands yeah. and you can then use those images and be like this is what I can do and they uh-huh. everything works so quick now people want to see things instantly so if you don't have that to show you can't no. expect them to then hire you for a job because they won't be yeah. able to see it No, exactly. I have a story I heard of someone who, this is about moving image. So in the same sort of vein, people now are hiring photographers much more if they can demonstrate that they can shoot video as well as photography. And I know of someone who was asked to pitch for a very big job, like a career changing job. And they didn't get it because they didn't have any gifts in their portfolio and the brand asked them for gifts and said, can you do gifts? And the person said, I can do gifts. I just haven't got any in my portfolio. But because they didn't have in their portfolio, they didn't get the job. Oh my gosh. If you can do something, you have to be able to show that to the person on the other side because they can't imagine, they can't be in your head. They can't see what you might be able to visualize in your mind's eye, what you can do for them. 100% and in that instant I mean I don't know how quick they needed to turn around that response but I would have gone out and you know done just grabbed a a model that I know and love and or a friend that I work with a lot in the industry I would have been like Mm -hmm. 
are you able to do um, an hour with me and, you know, we'll exchange stuff. I just need to create these gifts. I'm going to just done it there and then, and then responded back to the client being like, yep, these are my gifts I can do. Let me know if this is the kind of style that you like. So yeah, you have to definitely be ready to put yourself out there and and try new things. Mm -hmm. And you never know, the gifts might then be your next, your next avenue of work. Yeah, no, you never know. You have absolutely no idea what you could expect. And and it's just, it's being proactive and being responsive. I think that is a really key message that we're hearing in this, what we're just talking about here is just being quick to respond to whatever you think that a brand will want to see. Yeah, 100%. And especially in the fashion industry, oh my God. Like, times are moving so quick. And I think you just have to be very aware of what's what's current what's going on what do brands love what's happening on social media because social media Mm -hmm. is like the biggest part of a brand now really and they have like separate teams that are just based for social media because they can see how quick monetary value is for you know social stuff those social media teams have budgets now to produce their own shoots so it's not like you have to now approach the art director for every single brand and that is the only person you can contact there is no reason you can't reach out to the social media teams as a photographer and offer yourself as a photographer to those teams before it used to be like you only approach the creative teams in a brand now there are so many different places you can actually go to which is amazing because it means there's even more work out there for all of us yeah yeah and even more avenues you can you know try and Mm -hmm. if social media photography isn't your thing because it's very different style then you know there's there's room for you in the more of the artistic things so maybe it's studio work or Mm -hmm. yeah you're so right there's there's completely different work fields now than there was before yeah so when you were out traveling how did you go about actually reaching out to brands and getting that work did you have a specific strategy you used was it all just word of mouth and social media yeah so I spent well a lot of my work whilst traveling I get through Instagram so um just reaching out and don't be afraid to reach out like it's it's the easiest thing to do and and do you reach out on dms or do you send emails Yep, direct message. It's quick. Mm-hmm. It's easy. They can see your portfolio straight away. You have to imagine on an email. I, I mean, I love emails. Um, I love the mm-hmm. layout. It's very easy to like wake up and just get onto your emails and everything's ordered. But there's so much, there's a, a much quicker response on DMs. And I think you have to think that people on emails, they have to then click through to your website yeah. and not everyone's yeah. going to do that. So mm-hmm. with Instagram, it's very speedy. You know, they, they see, Hey, we'd love to shoot with you this week if you're around very quick, simple message mm-hmm. or Hey, I'm, I'm traveling through Byron Bay for a week. Um, would love to shoot, you know, pre-plan where you're going to be. Yeah. And, and is this to models or is this to brands? Brands and models. I would probably mm-hmm. start off with say, for example, say if you just arrived somewhere, yeah. Um, and you want to start shooting along the way whilst you're traveling yeah. I would re- definitely as soon as you land or maybe a few days beforehand reach out to some models reach out to some influencers and ask if they would like to do a collaborative shoot and maybe give them some ideas that you've got that resonate with them yeah. that's also very yeah. important you know don't go to a, a, a swimwear model and say oh I've got this idea for a street style shoot you know like respect their brand and who they are as a person and approach them with a a shoot idea that you've got and and then get that portfolio up and running probably before start approaching brands unless the you've got some branded images that would work with the brand stuff the way you are traveling because it goes back to that thing you know you've got to have it there and then if you're approaching Mm -hmm 
a brand that you haven't really got work that resonates with, go get that yeah. work and then approach the brand so they can just see it very easily. Amazing. And how do you find locations when you're going somewhere that you've never been before? Um, I do. Okay, so this is very, let's get juicy. So this is yeah. <laughs> valuable, valuable. I have never seen so much value in Pinterest before. It is incredible. Pinterest is the one. Like it's it's not as like, a, how do I explain it? It's not, Instagram's very, there's a big monetary theme in Instagram now you know like people are doing paid collaborations all the time there's there's a lot of there's a lot of honesty in Instagram but there's also you kind of don't really know the behind the scenes and a lot of pubs and stuff so yeah Pinterest is there is so much guidance on Pinterest whether it's I mean there's anything that you want on Pinterest but especially when it comes to travel there is so much information on there so say for example you were traveling to Spain and you wanted some shoot locations if you just type in shoot location Spain into Pinterest people link blog posts people link uh, Mm -hmm. photos and it's very quick to see where's a photogenic place and the same as photography stuff so um you know if you need help styling a shoot or you need help uh, with poses of different models or locations mm-hmm. how to style a style a photo shoot or pose the models in certain locations there is everything on Pinterest so I would highly recommend yep. it to yep. jump on there a top tip guys if you're not publishing your work on Pinterest I have a whole free guide on how to do so and how to best use Pinterest for your photography business because that's what I do and clearly what you do and it really yep. really does work it is the biggest driver of traffic to my website hands down it's where yep, I get so much traffic so highly recommend my free um, little guide on Pinterest I will add it in the show notes that was a little plug let's yeah, get back no, to I you love it. <laughs> no because it helps people um, out and I'm all about that yeah. I think it's great absolutely where would you say was your favorite work trip that you've done and why oh so I this was I mean hands down this was my favorite work trip this was to Tulum in Mexico um this was two years ago so it was kind Mm. of I mean I was very much into my career by this point but for me it was I maybe didn't I did value my work but I kind of didn't really think these things are possible Mm-hmm. So for me to get this job was like, yeah, unreal. And it was with three of three girls that I shoot with regularly uh, that mm-hmm. were all friends. And we went with a brand, a beauty brand. And yeah, we went there for five days. And oh on this shoot, we also shot for Look Magazine. They've actually gone under oh, yeah. now since then. But, but um, yeah, we shot um, a four page spread for Look Magazine. And that for me was like absolute. I mean, I did not sleep one wink that trip. <laughs> it was manic. And this is another thing to point out is that these travel trips are amazing. But when it comes to work, it is relentless. Yeah. Like you are, you are, have to be on top form the whole trip. Mm-hmm. And often, you know, it's shooting the sunrise all the way through to sunset. And then you're mm-hmm. going with dinner with whoever you're with. And, you know, often, I mean, I've got my laptop app when we're having dinner, editing the photos because when it's working with influencers, they need to be posting on these trips. So yeah, yeah, you need to be turning around the images within like an hour after taking them. It is manic. And, you know, I slept two hours every night for five days on that trip. And I remember I got to the airport and I was shaking because I was, my body was so physically tired. But even though I had such lack of sleep, that was hands down my best trip because I was in a beautiful location with three girls that I shoot with regularly. You know, Mm. the brand was really lovely 
um yeah and that was hands down when you were on that trip did you have the brand representative with you was it just you and the models kind of doing whatever you wanted yeah, so we had um, three three ladies with us mm-hmm. from the brand, um, mm-hmm. and then the two owners of the brand, which were actually a husband and wife, they flew okay. out uh, two days before the end. And then mm-hmm. I had one lady from Look Magazine there that wow. was kind of overlooking. Yes. So it's quite a big team, which I'm not used to as well. I'm mm. very used to shooting one-on-one. I don't have big yeah. teams. I don't have anything like, mm-hmm. it's usually just me and one other person. So it was a very, I was jumping in the deep end there a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. It was, I've, yeah, it was, it was I quite think, tough. But I think it's really interesting and it's really important to share that side of things as well. Like how, you know, just because it's travel and it's glamorous doesn't mean it's not easy. Like it's so hard. And I know from personal experience, if I've ever traveled for a job, even just traveling up from like from Cornwall, cause I've been living in Cornwall for so long, everywhere is so far away. Just yeah. traveling anywhere for work is exhausting and it, if anyone is looking at all the photographers traveling the world and thinking, oh my God, that is all I ever want to do. It might well be, but also just know that it's exhausting and it's very hard work and it's not the be all and end all of everything. Yeah. Like it's, it's absolutely amazing. But I, yeah, I had a massive burnout last year. I was doing back to back trips. I was to the point where I was flying to Germany, coming back and, um, that coming back that evening I had to turn around all the images that evening before flying off to Greece the next day like it was manic so I now got a lot better and actually this is something I learned in lockdown was slowing my life down because Mm -hmm. I I feel so much more healthier now I feel like actually the work I'm producing is of better quality because I've got time to actually Mm -hmm. work with it um and I now the trips that I'm getting booked in I will be separating them so I won't be doing back to back I'll have at least four or five days in London before flying off to the next place if I'm lucky enough to get those trips booked in again um but yeah I think lockdown was as much as it was a horrible you know a horrible time for everyone and there was so much loss there and it's it's obviously devastating I think I hope that it's actually taught a lot of people um values in life as well because it certainly did for me Oh, for me too. Like I, the first episode of this podcast that went out yesterday, you'll, you'll all be listening to this much further down in the future. Um, <laughs> but when we're recording this, it's the day after the first episode went out. And it was all about that, what lessons I learned in lockdown, which were, there were so many, but one of the main ones was that I don't need to rush around quite so much that I can respect my boundaries and my personal time and yeah you know it, it's really important to look after ourselves as photographers because we can't be creative and we can't feel inspired and we can't do our best work if we're just manically running around exhausted from shoot to shoot to shoot exactly and you've just hit the nail on the head you're not going to be as creative you know you're mm. not going to come up with these ideas if you're if you're physically and mentally exhausted you're not yeah. going to come up with your best work and you yeah. you are your own boss. You need to showcase your best work. So in the back end of that, you need to look after yourself and get the right amount of sleep and, you know, yeah, it's turning into a fitness podcast. <laughs> it is, it is. Uh, um, I know that a lot of people listening will be quite interested in the work you do with influencers and we've talked yeah. about it sort of briefly, but how did you really get started with influencers and what made you focus because you do you do other things as well but I think a lot of people know you for the work you do with influencers yeah how did you go down that avenue and what made you do that 
So this was in um, the 15 months that I'd mentioned earlier where yeah. I was doing free shoots. I um, Influencers were kind of just starting off. It was very like they weren't really working with brands on paid shoots at all. It was they were getting free clothes in exchange for yeah. posting images. It was very early on. And yeah. now it's obviously completely different. But I, I basically throughout uni, I didn't photograph people. It was until... I finished uni that I did I'm gutted because obviously we had studios and stuff there and I could have really used it for that but as I mentioned it was a very arts-based union it was kind of the weirder the project the better um so I started photographing people after and I basically just needed people to shoot and I loved the idea of using someone that wasn't that comfortable in front of an Mm -hmm. image in front of a camera sorry so I could take them into a location and really nurture and practice how to make someone feel comfortable because Mm. models you know they're very used to being in front of the camera although they do still get nervous and you Mm -hmm. know they do still need guidance in certain positions and structures of an image actually using that influencers they were so nervous to have their photo taken and I think that for me was the best thing I ever did because I know how to make someone feel comfortable in front of a camera now. And I think that you're going to get absolute power shots if that person's comfortable. It's the most important thing, I think, when Mm -hmm. you're a photographer is connecting. What tips do you have for someone who's listening who might be like, I just don't know how to do that? Okay, so I think you need to be very open with that person. So, for example, a lot of my shoots, say if I'm shooting someone for the first time, Mm -hmm. I will often plan a location Um, maybe like a 10 minute walk from a coffee shop or a 10 minute walk from the station so that or wherever you're meeting them so Mm -hmm. that you know you're clever in it and you're meeting them knowing you've got about a 10 minute walk to the shoot Mm -hmm. so you've in that 10 minutes you can really get to know them ask them a lot of questions you get to kind of it's funny how quick you can actually learn about someone in 10 minutes of a shoot uh, before a shoot and um you know it taking your taking someone's photograph is an extremely invasive thing it's you're in their personal space it's a one-on-one it's you have to put yourself in their shoes it's Mm nerve-wracking they don't know what they look like with the camera they you know Mm -hmm. you have to put yourself in their shoes and I think exposing yourself a bit so you know say something silly that you did the other day or something kind of like reverse psychology isn't it like yeah. make themselves feel better if they've got a nice dress on tell them they look beautiful like mm-hmm. really pick themselves up and make them feel comfortable um and then I think another important thing is you are the only one that knows what the picture looks like they yeah. don't so if they're standing and their arm looks big the way they're standing tell them to move you you can tell them to move in a certain I think this is so important for females you know we're all so similar in we don't want to look frumpy in photos we want to look strong we want to have our shoulders back like learn the positions that makes females look like that and this comes back to doing your research on Pinterest Instagram look at how your how people are photographing females or males Mm -hmm. to make themselves look the best version of themselves because that's ultimately what you want at the end of a photo shoot you want that person to be like oh my god I love those pictures I look amazing yeah. like this is you know a chance to make people feel great and that honestly is the best feeling when you make someone feel the best per- version of themselves yeah totally I read an amazing book a few years ago called how to win friends and influence people it's a classic it's by Dale Carnegie I I, you should read it it's really really good and it's all about 
making other people feel comfortable comfortable and how you can basically make friends and it's it's it, the title sounds weird like make friends and influence people as if that's a negative and it's not yeah. it's very much just how to have good people skills and how to make people feel comfortable and how to build relationships with people which yeah. in our industry is the most important thing you can do if you can build strong relationships you will have a career for life oh because gosh, the absolute best way to get work is word of mouth and yeah. if you go on a shoot with a model or anyone, a whole brand, you could have a whole team there. If you treat everyone with respect, if you make everyone feel special, if you make everyone feel very valued, they are going to spread the word about your work far and wide. Even if, let's say hypothetically, there's there's a choice between two photographers. One who is the most insane photographer they've ever seen, but they're a horrible person. And then there's you, who is maybe like, I'm not talking about you, Lydia, I'm just saying like the person listening. Yeah, in general. Um, (laughs) You're with me. Um, (laughs) The work is potentially not as absolutely fantastic, the most amazing, insane thing you've ever seen, but you are the most lovely person, the happiest person, the person that's going to make everyone feel their best, I guarantee you they are going to go for you over the person, Mm -hmm. the other person, because people want to work with people they like. They want to work with people they enjoy being around. And that is the, I think, think one of the biggest secrets in business. (laughs) It's so important that you mention that because I, like, on a shoot, you need, if you're working with, like, I work a lot with stylists and and makeup artists on bigger shoots. And I often use the same makeup artists and the same stylist because it's that friendly atmosphere. And that just in itself makes the person you're shooting feel comfortable. If they Mm -hmm. can feel that you're not getting on with the makeup artist or, you know, you're not getting on with the brand director, it creates the worst atmosphere. And I've been on shoots with that, that other people have been arguing in front of a model that I've been shooting and I've had to tell them to leave because I can feel the model is getting uncomfortable and I know I'm not going to get those shots if the model's uncomfortable. And, you know, you have to have that level of professionalism as well. And, Mm. But yeah, knowing, being a nice person, it's easy to be nice. It's actually yeah. hard to be unkind. Yeah. So like be really a nice is. person. And I think, yeah, back to the top tips, I think make sure that you either have a phone call beforehand or you speak mm. to them face to face for at least 10, 15 minutes before you start shooting, really get to know them. Um, and then just be direct with them. Like when, tell them how to position certain angles of their body, tell them they look yeah. great get those power shots very early on like I think the more you shoot and work with people you know how to position people as well yeah yeah it's totally it's practice for sure one thing that I do especially if I'm working with a model or if I'm doing anything for a brand and I'm working with someone who's not necessarily a model but is being photographed and they I can tell they're a little bit self-conscious I will ask them if they want the photos behind the camera some people don't some people feel like actually if I see them I'm going to feel self-conscious so I'd rather not I'm just going to trust you as the photographer other people are really keen and they really want to see them so I like to give people the option that's really been something that's really helped me in my career be able to gauge if someone's feeling excited and generally if someone is is self-conscious about looking at the back of the camera towards the end of the shoot they'll they'll have warmed up they'll have felt a little more comfortable they'll be ready to look but right at the start some people might just not be confident enough to look at themselves yeah 100 percent. and especially if someone's not used to being in front of the camera and Mm -hmm. it's actually something I really love doing I love looking at the first photo of the shoot and the end the end photo of the shoot and the comparisons like they by the end they're like I am working it I've got this like yeah totally it's so great 
And another little thing I wanted to mention is that often if you're working with models, they're often really young. They're, you know, mm-hmm. anything from 15 to 22. Most of the time, most girls I work with, they can be older. There's absolutely plenty of models who are over all kinds of ages. But um, it, generally, if they're young, they're even more self-conscious. They're even more shy. I really want to emphasize that if you've got a young girl or boy, in your set you need to just really look after them I become yeah. a real like weird mum I'm just like are you okay you make them feel everything safe. yeah, <laughs> yeah 100%. absolutely and especially if they're young you know they they've been if they're young and they're working in the model industry they they mm-hmm. will be exposed to a lot of adult uh like way of talking on set or mm-hmm. you know it's very cutthroat in the modeling industry so you need to make them feel safe and you need to make them feel comfortable for sure yeah and they can be coming from abroad sometimes I've got girls who turn up for test shoots in London they find out the night before what they're going to be doing and they've literally traveled from Costa Rica the day before and they're freezing because it's cold in London and they have no idea where they're going and they don't speak that much English yeah. and you just you need to look after those people and that is how you're going to get the best images is when yeah. you just treat every single person that comes through your door yeah. like you're giving them the biggest hug in the world yeah a hundred percent and I've actually found that really hard after you know we're still dealing with covid and not mm. being able to hug people when i meet them oh, i've I had know. to change how i kind of greet people and, and almost laugh about it straight away like i'm a very huggy person Same. so not being able to actually hug the person that i'm about to shoot i found that quite tough it's quite a funny transition having to be like oh it hi is. i would hug you but i can't <laughs> i know speaking of the pandemic like how has that affected you obviously the travels is a big one but what kept you going when we were in sort of the thick of it right now is we seem to be coming out the other end with you know lockdowns are being eased a bit more what do you think you're going to be doing in the future as a photographer yeah so during um the lockdown was very strange as it was for everyone I Mm -hmm. was actually in New Zealand when oh it was two days before the UK went into lockdown and I was so lucky that I actually happened to get one of the last flights back from New Zealand and that was by complete fluke I booked that flights two months before so oh my god I was extremely lucky but whilst I was in New Zealand I think I was really oblivious to how bad it actually was in the UK Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't until two days before I flew back I I had basically three or four weeks of shoots booked in for when I got back from the day after I landed and Mm -hmm. one day in honestly one day all of those shoots got cancelled and I literally I turned around to my boyfriend I was like what's going on in the UK like this is horrendous like I and it wasn't I was completely in my own little bubble because New Zealand obviously had four cases the time yeah. that I left it was it really wasn't as bad as it was in the UK and I remember getting back to the UK being like wow something's mm. going on here and yeah I, I, we went into lockdown the day after I landed um so it was very you know I didn't have time to see friends or family it was like bam I was in my share house in London locked in like yeah. I thought I had four weeks of work lined up and this is after three <sighs> weeks of traveling without any work like I wasn't getting paid for the work I was yeah, doing those yeah, three months sure. so I was like whoa what's going on here um but yeah I I actually found myself transitioning into more I knew that the brands that I shoot with and you know the the small companies that I shoot with would still need content so yeah I started doing a lot of product photography and mm-hmm. I I actually really enjoyed it and I learned a lot 
about cool. how to style product shoots, which I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to be taking with me in the future. Um, right. So I approached these brands and were like, look, I know we're going for a tough time. You might not have the budget, but I'm happy to do these shoots for you at maybe a discounted rate because I wasn't, I knew I wasn't going to get, be getting any money anyway. Yeah. So I was more than happy to do a bit of a discount for them um, as they're, you know, I've worked with them for a long time and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is definitely a good lesson for everyone that don't be afraid to try other other new things like even even when you're not in a lockdown you know when we're kind of going Mm. back to normal life now don't be afraid to try new things and don't goes back to the gift stuff we were talking earlier about you know like you can learn and teach yourself so many amazing things because there's platforms like YouTube that has it all on there now um you know like don't be afraid to try something new and if a brand approaches you for something that you might not be sure about be open and honest mm-hmm. with it but also be open to try it and actually I learned yeah I learned a lot in lockdown about product photography and I really enjoyed it so I'm actually still carrying on doing that stuff from home now so it shows yeah. that I'm still getting shoots booked in for that work that I produced during lockdown so that's great yeah and then now are you back to shooting more like you were before yeah it's it's honestly within the last two weeks it's it's really picked up and um yeah I'm back to full-time work now which is incredible it's it's amazing to see how it can bounce back so quickly um Mm -hmm. but also you know what I mentioned earlier about taking things in that I learned during lockdown to slow my life down I've I was before um before going away I before COVID I was doing two shoots a day back to back like five days a week six days a week so now I'm only booking in one shoot a day and I'm being very strict on myself and and actually travel trips that are coming up and opportunities that are coming up I'm making sure that I leave that break in between so that I can best allow myself to be as creative and energetic on that shoot as possible totally no that's such 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 good advice and I think we should leave it there. I would love to have you share where everyone can come and follow you and stay in touch with you and follow you on your journey. Absolutely. So my Instagram is Lydia X Collins. Um, my website's LydiaCollins.com. Um, I've got a Pinterest, which is Lydia Collins Photography. And that's about it. I think that's everywhere. Like I don't <laughs> use Twitter and I don't have a Facebook. Um, but that's, yeah, my biggest platforms that I work with amazing well I will link everything in the show notes so that everyone can come and find you and follow you on your journey thank you so much for everything you've been the most amazing guest oh thank you so much Olivia I absolutely love that and if anyone's got any questions feel free to like pop in my dms I'm very chatty person that's more than happy to help with anyone thank you thank you very much Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of It Starts With A Click all the way to the end. I really appreciate it. I cannot tell you enough. If you have any topics that you'd like me to cover in future episodes, please head to my Instagram, which is at Olivia Bossert, and let me know. I am always open to suggestions and I love to hear from you. Have a really lovely end to your day and I will see you for the next episode.